0: What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Elevate Experience,
1: the podcast about overcoming struggles and adversity and how that relates to addiction, recovery, and health. I am your host and the CEO of Elevate Addiction Services, Angie Manson.
0: And I'm Dallas Terrell, co host and life intervention counselor, at Elevate. Thank you so much for joining us, and let's jump right in. All
1: right. Uh, welcome back to the show. Today we have Sarah O'Brien, how, how, Hammond? Hammond? Hammond. Hammond you got it Hammond yes uh on our show and we are very excited to have her on welcome to the show Sarah
2: woo thank you so much I actually Hammond is my married name that I like sort of forget to add in there sometimes so very much it's Sarah O'Brien and my husband's name is Brian so whenever we like go places I'll sign us up and it'll be like Mr. Brian O'Brien how are you and he's like oh god well you just used your married name for christ's sake so yeah Sarah
1: Sarah Hammond you got it well at least you kept both of them that that was
0: nice of you
2: in case I forget one I mean I'm something's gonna come something will come
0: up <laughs> very nice. That's awesome. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for being here. We know you're in New York. I think that's pretty interesting. We were literally just on a podcast in uh earlier and there was our guest was from Manchester, London, England.
3: Oh, UK. Manchester, oh.
0: England. UK, yeah. yeah. I was like, "Wow, okay. So we got, you know, Zoom is really uh opening up the the world to us over here in California." <laughs>
2: It absolutely is. It's so nice, right? Another silver lining of COVID. You know, you have to look at it for that perspective, that it's like my women's community. I mean, we would have never thought that we would be a global platform. And um, so, you know, I think you've got to look at that from that positive perspective. Like, great. Now I can speak to the folks across the pond in London, yeah. London town.
0: Yeah, across the <laughs> oh, like They do say that right across they the pond. Do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a 10-hour flight from New York. That's like the longest flight I've ever been on in my life. New York to London. Dude. Terrible. Really? That's
2: the longest flight you've been on.
0: Yeah, eleven hours. I think it was.
2: Yeah, I
1: think same.
0: Yeah, yeah. longest day of my life. I I also hate <laughs> flying on planes, so I pro- I probably should have put that in there too. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. That doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like a fun time if you hate flying and you're on a on a plane for eleven hours. But there's there's some.
0: Have you been okay, on a longer so flight so than thinking. that? What is longer than that? That sounds um, terrible. I'm just thinking. Well, I go to
2: Hawaii. Is from from um, New York. Hawaii is I don't know six six hours. I guess I'm trying to think where we've I've gone to Europe and different parts of Europe and like, I guess with like layovers and such, it kind of feels like it's forever in a day when you're you know flying with layovers. So perhaps maybe in the physical air, has not been longer than
1: eleven hours? Jeez.
2: I haven't been to like Australia or anything.
1: Yeah. That's the long one, Australia.
0: The long one? Yeah. yeah.
1: I think it's like 14 hours or something. Jeez.
0: Wow. That sounds terrible. Well, <laughs> what is way more exciting than flying uh-huh. for 11 hours is Sarah in your life and this network of women and the the history of all that, which I've been excited to kind of hear about from your end and where that came from and what you're doing. And, you know, obviously we've read your bio and we kind of know a little bit, but I think it would be amazing to kind of just start with who you are and what you do out there in New York and where this network of women came from, why it started. And it's always hard to kind of pick a a point to start, but wherever you think would be beneficial for us to kind of get to know you and what you're doing, I'm all ears. I would love to hear that kind of story from you, Sarah.
2: Awesome. Well, thank you both for having me again. Like great to be here and great more about the network of women and and my journey because I think a lot of women can really relate to it and um, find alignment with it. So I grew up in Vermont and um, I think came out of the womb ready to get shit done. Nice. Uh, is, it okay if we, is it okay if we curse? Of course. You know, is that a, is that a,
3: totally okay?
2: I won't. I won't use any of the the real bad ones. as I to say to my kids. Um, well, so I really came out of the womb like ready to get it done. Like, I am like a very high achiever. I've got lists. I'm gonna get it done. I'm not only gonna get it done, I'm gonna get it done well. Nice. And really, like, you know, came out guns blazing out of that womb and didn't stop.
3: <laughs> That's
0: great like, imagery,
1: per- by the way.
2: <laughs> yeah. Just- yeah, yeah, totally.
1: And I'm picturing the hat and everything. Like, here, let's yeah, go. Exactly.
2: <laughs> I'm in character. I'm in character. Uh, <laughs> So came out guns blazing and and really like truth be told, like didn't stop for 40 years. Like I just went balls out, like went as hard as I could for 40 years and did like what society really yells loud and clear that you should be doing, right? Like I went to college, graduated college, I moved to New York City, I got a job, I made money, I found a partner, I made more money, I got married, I bought an apartment, I had kid number one, I made more money. I traveled, I did all these things, had my second kid, um, going, 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 top elite performer at my firms. Really, like, I've, you know, quote unquote, got it all, right? Like, this is great. We got a great life. I got a great partner. I got these great kids. Um, I got things, lots of things. (laughs) And at 42, I sort of picked my head up and was like, where the hell am I? Yeah what like i had been going so quickly through life not being present just like super passionate super intense which i certainly still have but i i certainly pursue life differently now but really like picked my head up at 42 and was just like i was really lost like i if someone said like, what's your purpose or like what fulfills you, I literally would have no response. Not to suggest those are easy to answer questions, right? Mm-hmm. Those are big, those are heavy questions. Right. But I mean, I think most people in life have some idea of like what your purpose is, like what you're on this planet for. Most people do. Yeah, of course. Um, I did not have any idea. Like I was just like, I'm here to be a mom and make money and do things, I, I guess. Like that's what that's what I think I'm here to do. And um I sort of at 42 just sort of picked my head up and felt like I had run into a wall like I was just like shit like I'm not happy like I don't know what's going on and I turned to my partner and I said I'm not happy in my life I'm not happy with this marriage I'm not happy with these kids I'm not happy with these things oh man and he was like he's like wait whiplash. What?
3: yeah <laughs> he was like wait
2: who are you like what where's my wife And, um, you know, that was a total case of displacement, like classic case of displacement, right? You're just like lashing out at the people you love the most. I actually was not miserable in my marriage at all. I just had a super, super deep disconnect from myself. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't know. I didn't know what made me happy. I didn't know what I was here, what my purpose was meant to be. And, um, It's my husband, thankfully, given the great man he is, was like, well, let's just figure it out. Like whatever we need to do, if it's therapy, if it's coaching, if it whatever, like I'm not throwing in the towel. Like, I'm not sure what's going on here, but like, I'm pretty sure we can figure it out. And so I started like drinking everything I could get my hands on, like meditation and coaching and um, therapists and um, all these uh, healing um, methodologies. And I just was like trying to learn and trying to get to. connected to myself. And then through this whole process, I was like sharing with other women, like, yeah, I kind of feel this deep disconnect. And I feel like there's more in life and I don't know what it is, but like, I I know that it's there. Mm -hmm. And other women were like, me too. I was like, wait, what? Like, I don't understand. Everybody feels this way, but no one's saying anything. Um, because I think there's a real sense of shame, right? Like I think there's a real societal message that if you have enough, sit down, shut up and enjoy it. You're healthy, you're partnered, you got healthy children, you've got things like how dare you want more. Mm -hmm. And so in speaking with all of these women, I realized that like, I wasn't alone here and it seemed quite isolating to be honest with you because I thought I was the only one going through it, right? Because people don't share this stuff because it's like tight-lipped, Instagram, perfect. And you're just like, there's more shit going on here than than meets the eye. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll just find community where like personal and professional marries and that we can really address stuff that's top of mind but not necessarily a mainstream conversation. Mm-hmm. And I live in Manhattan. I live in one of the biggest cities in the world. I couldn't find it. I couldn't find a place that was safe, that was judgment free, that women were gathering and able to drop their shoulders and share the stuff that really matters. And I was sick of like topical conversations. like I was like, i don't I don't want to talk about my kids. My kids are fine. Thank you for asking. Like, <laughs> let's talk about your origin story. Right? Let's talk about your trauma. Let's talk about the shit that's like impacting you every day and paralyzing you. Like let's actually go deep. Yeah, um, yeah. but I couldn't find those places. and, um, like every story goes when there's a need and you can't find the answer, you create have to create it. it. Yeah. And so I decided to create a community. I had no idea what the hell I was doing. And I just had the a launch party. I thought that was going to be really cool. And I had like a hundred people. It was awesome. And people were like, so what's next? <laughs> and I was like, ah, uh, we're going to figure it out. We're going to, you know, create community and come together and talk about stuff that's important. But, um. You know, that was four years ago, and it's since evolved from there. Um, But we do, you know, digital uh, weekly programming. We do summits and retreats and workshops and really just provide women the support through their careers, health and wellness, self-discovery, and motherhood journeys in all ways, shapes, and forms in a safe, free, and judgment space. So I couldn't find that community, so I built it, and um, people came a-looking for it. So it's been, like, a really fun journey to know that I'm not alone. And I'm certainly, you know, four years later, have a much clearer sense of my purpose and like my my sense of fulfillment. I mean, I'm a work in progress. I got a lot of shit yet to figure out, but I'm on a much clearer path than I was four years ago. And I've got a lot of people along for the ride with me, which is like really exciting and empowering to know that women aren't afraid and shouldn't be afraid because you get to decide what makes you whole. And if no matter what you have, it's, um, materialistically doesn't matter. You have the right to decide what you need. And so it's great to see women saying like, I want more from life. And they're not afraid to lean into those conversations. Wow. So that was a lot. Hey, that was a lot you
3: guys.
0: Well, <laughs> I mean, it's a, a super important thing, you know, it's like this this life mission of yours. I'm glad that it takes 10 minutes to explain how important it is. That's, that's a good sign. You oh, know?
2: Sorry. That was a lot. That was a lot of airtime. I
0: apologize. Hey, no, Hey, the airtime <laughs> is yours. You know, you that's why you're here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the name? What's the name of this, uh, digital network? This, uh, I mean, I guess it's not digital too. It's both, right? <clears throat> yes.
2: Yeah. Exactly. It's in real life and digital. I would say the majority of our programming is certainly digital yeah, to yeah. be able to support um, our global community. But it's called the network of women. The
0: network of women. I like that. Very yeah. straight.
2: Very straightforward. There's, you know, not not much to guess what it is. <laughs>
1: So no, is it for the live? Is that like a weekly meeting where women come and you you all go to a space and talk mm. or uh, and have you transitioned digital into that? Or is that a separate meeting?
2: Yeah, so we have transitioned digital into it. So we stream all of our stuff that we do live. Wow. Um, and so, But we do probably once a month a live. But I would say the majority of our programming is digital. Um, we have a hike that's coming up on February 5th, I think. So clearly we're not going to be like streaming that. But we put a... Um, we put it out to the community to be like, let's see like everybody, can you go out and do something like to encourage them to get out, to move their bodies. And so while uh, we might not be side by side, we could virtually you know, all be together doing something um, to just encourage movement, to cur- encourage like supporting our mental health and getting out. So if out, we're dang. not able to be together and stream it, we encourage it so that we can kind of be doing it together although we might not be physically be together.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I love how, you know, like you said, I like how it was created in like this need that you needed of like, you know, I needed, I needed something a little bit deeper and I wanted to connect with people and talk about shit under the surface for lack of a better term, yeah. you know, and it's like, yeah. how can we connect deeper with people and create a space where that's happening And this like container, you know, and it's, you, I, I guess there's a lot of uh, groups like that, but they're usually for like different needs, you know? And I like that your need is just like the connection. Like there doesn't need to be this huge important need for having connection and community and uh, a place to just experience life. Like I just want that. So I created that. That there there doesn't have to be like an underlying uh, like uh, requirement. You know, it's like, dude, yeah, you, you want to like, get together. Let's do it. I like that. That's the uh, requirement, you know?
3: Yeah, there,
2: exactly. There isn't um, much more other than like, I want to be in a safe space where I can feel supported, but I think you hit the nail on the head too. Like there aren't, there are lots of places like I'm involved in lots of communities in New York that serve different purposes. Right. right? So I have a professional community. I have like a C-suite community that I'm a part of. I have an entrepreneurial group that I'm a part of, but like, you know, we don't come to the table individually separate from those other pieces. So like, right. how, how can you not talk about that piece without the other piece, right? Like I show up every day as my whole self yeah. with all my stuff. And so it's hard to have those conversations compartmentalized. It's nice to have them at a place where you bring them all together, right? As you talk about being a female entrepreneur, when you talk about you know being the breadwinner of your family, when you talk about, you know, again, things that people necessarily aren't talking in mainstream conversation about. And I think something worth noting is that our programming is driven by the community. So we're constantly saying like, Angie, what's top of mind? What's keeping you up at night? What are you either Googling or talking to your therapist about, but no one else? That's what we wanna talk about. Yeah. And so and I'll tell you what, like all of the age ranges, I'm 46, I would say like my the, the group is majority in their 40s, over 40s, but we'd certainly have people under 40 as well and um, into their 60s. But I will tell you the topics regardless of your age they're hitting you they're yeah. they're these topics of sex relationships happiness body image confidence love um th- their financial literacy all of these topics whether they're 21 41 101 they all can apply and oh, yeah. so it's interesting like women it sucks that we get are still talking about this like a 46 i'm like can't you just be confident enough in your body sarah for christ's sakes like but i'm not and mm-hmm. and I'm not afraid like I do Ironman triathlons like my husband loves my body but and but I still have an issue with the way I look like what the fuck like I don't understand but I need a place where I could talk about that and not feel that shamed about it or yeah. people casting judgment at, about it or trying to talk me out of it like saying like what do you mean you've got a great body I'm like it doesn't matter what you think thank you
3: yeah, but yeah yeah yeah
2: I'm the one that needs to sort of wrap my head around this vessel and and be happy with it. And so um, it's reassuring to be around people where you can say those types of things.
1: Yeah. But, well, because I don't think people understand it, it gets confusing when you get older, like <laughs> things just change, like no matter how healthy you are and how well you take care of yourself. And, and there's a mental process that goes with that. And uh, I'm definitely not one that's uh, grown old gracefully. I've been like fighting it the whole way. So uh, me hearing this, I was like, oh, wow, okay. So there's other women that feel like I do.
3: Great. <laughs>
2: oh, my gosh. We talk so much about paramenopause and menopause because, uh, again, a topic that is totally take not even discussed. I, I forget how many women go through it a year. Like, obviously, like millions of women go through it a year, right, every year. But yet no one's talking about it. I'm like, I don't understand. And then it just creates a – insanity in women's minds that they're the only ones. And I I totally appreciate you saying that because I've been trying and society encourages us and tells us you can defy it. It's bullshit. You can't defy your body changing. You can't defy aging. Like, yes, you can probably do Botox and facelifts, but like eventually you're going to look like crazy person. We've seen
0: those people. Mm -hmm. We have. Yes, we have. They look crazy.
2: And listen, like I'm all for whatever people want to do that make them feel good. There's no judgment. But like my point is, like we should be able to age naturally and not have to feel the need to adhere to a certain societal image. And so we need people to stick together to be like, you're not crazy. Like, you know, it's a thing.
0: Yeah. To normalize that, like to normalize uh, living and dying, you know, it's like, what are we going to do in between that? And I, 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 that was kind of like the big takeaway for me that was like, uh, I kind of wanted to like, I guess, investigate or look further into what you said was like, you know, I was 40 years old and I did all these things and realized I wasn't happy, you know? And that's like this, <clears throat> you know, I feel like we're all just here to figure out how to be happy, you know? Like that's, yeah. that's, that's the point, you know, it's like, if we're going to be here, let's enjoy it. And, and what if we're doing it wrong? And what, it, what does that even look like? You know, and I feel like, you know, that could be a different journey for everybody. But talking about it is so important. Like you said, you wake up at 40, you have all these things and realize what are they worth? What was the point of mm-hmm. doing all these things? You know what? And
2: everybody's like, you know, puts on this exterior that mm-hmm. they're all happy as all get out. Right. Like I, you guys know the tons of people, you know, in your life that are putting on this image that they're like happy as all get out. They <clears> have the best marriage and relationship possible. And you know, it is absolute bullshit. And I'm just like, what's the point? And you, you've a good point about happiness. Like I also know we, we are not supposed to be happy all the time, right? That like you can't prolong an, a sustained amount of happiness for the rest of your life. Like the, to understand happiness is to understand pain, Yes. right? Like you yeah. can really understand happiness. So like you know, oftentimes I'll find myself, you know, parents always say, I just want my kids to be happy. And I'm just like, no, like, I'm like, I want my kids to experience heartache, pain. Yes. It's going to hurt like hell. Like I don't want them to, but they need to experience that mm-hmm. and recognize that like happiness are moments of time. Yeah. Content is another situ is another um, stage of, of emotion. And so I think like, there's this, like also this, unrealistic, talking about like body image, right? What's unrealistic zero size are supposed to be for our whole freaking lives. And then there's unrealistic, you just have to be happy your whole freaking life. And I'm like, that's
1: a lot of pressure. Yeah. Well, especially, and also like, yeah, especially ahead, for I'm someone sorry. like you, who's achieved all the things that are supposed to equate to happiness. You know, you have the great marriage, you have the great kids, you have the great job, you have all the stuff. Like that equals uh, happiness. So it's interesting. And I like that you've put out there that that doesn't equal happiness. You can have all those things and check, all the boxes, but that doesn't equal happiness.
2: Absolutely. And I will say to you, like, yeah, I was married or am married to a great man. But like, again, I was rushing through life. Like we're still learning each other after 15 years of marriage. Like we're taking it to like deeper levels. Like I'm like, we need to know more even about each other because we've been busy parenting we've been busy running through life like i'm like no we gotta date we have to have like a life outside of being parents i mean that's a whole nother conversation um of like you know really having a relationship with your partner versus like actually just coexisting cohabitating being um roommates but in any event yeah it's a great point like we don't i think there's this like this expectation that at the end of the day and that's what i was living by i'm gonna have this gorgeous gold pot of gold at the end of the rainbow all this hard work is gonna pay off, and it's gonna be like, freaking rainbows and unicorns all day long. Well, it, it wasn't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love that. I, I'm glad that you know. <clears throat> I always suggest to uh, people, you know, because we're like in the addiction field, and you know, help people get sober and get their life on track. And and pretty much for everyone, I like generally prescribe therapy, you know. And I think. That is, like, at the, the root of all of this is, like, exploring life. Like, it, life should be explored. Your mind should be explored. And, like, some of us need help uh, exploring that and need kind of someone to point the flashlight on what needs to be explored or looked into. And it's not good or bad. But I like that that's what you're kind of doing. You're like, what are these prompts? Like, let's explore this. Let's explore marriage. Let's explore relationships. Let's explore our bodies. Because what if there's more to learn and get out of that? I'm not saying there is, but what if there was? And I, I just think yeah. that's such an important thing for life is to explore it all. Just really look a deep dive
2: lean into these like conversations, right? Like just be curious, lead with curiosity. And I feel like, I think when I quit drinking, all of a sudden I saw the light, I I think I saw the world in like actual colors. Like, I think that I, I saw the world in such a different way, because again, I am super passionate um, everything I do, I do it hard, right? That meant drinking. Like I just did it hard. I would yeah. have a drink that glass of wine before that waiter came back to take our appetizer order. I was like, get me that next wine. Like yeah. now stat ASAP. Let's go. Um, and I read you, I'm sure you're familiar with it, but Holly Whitaker's book quit like a woman. Um, I read, are you familiar with that book? Do you know Holly Whitaker? No. Um, she is an author and she runs a really big community online um, for, for the Sober Curious and Sober Community mm. and called Tempest. And um, it was called Quit Like a Woman and it was our, one of our book clubs. I, I was recommended it by a friend and um, it was a year and a half ago. And I read the book and it really is just about how the alcohol giants are completely controlling us. Yeah. and and particular women, and then a particular mom's. And so it's like, really was, it just grossed me out. Like, I was like, ugh, like, this is so disgusting. We're drinking out of the palms of their hands. Like, mm-hmm. and and I was like, just thinking, you know, the rosé all day and the pacifiers and the bibs and the onesies. I'm like, oh my God, this is insanity. And so I think like, for me, it was more of just a, like, I just um, decided that, I wanted my life to be different and I was like, I'm just going to stop drinking for a week. Um, And actually that week, my sister lost her husband unexpectedly. Um, My 56 year old sister lost her 60 year old husband, um, like totally massive heart attack died on uh, October 31st last year and not last year, the year before, excuse me. And um, 2020. And I'd stopped drinking like the week before that. And, I was just like, I got to be level-headed. I got to be clear. I got to be here for her. Yeah. And um, I cannot, and I'd already decided I wasn't drinking anyways, but going into that situation and just further seeing the debauchery around me during such a painful time, it was really hard for me to see that and to see my sister just like, and I get it. I haven't lost a partner and I have no idea what that's like. And I can only imagine she was just trying to get through. Yeah. But you know, the people showing up and it's like alcohol after alcohol, bottle after bottle. And I'm just like, and it just was just opening to me, like, Jesus Christ, like, we're not living life. We're just like, we're, we are totally numbing it to get through these situations. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that was like the, the really, like, the straw that broke the camel's back that I was like, I'm just not interested in this anymore. Like this is not um, not something that I want to be doing anymore. And um, I'm a really healthy person. I'm a, I'm a triathlete, I work out every day. It works in, to- in total opposition of just my life in general. Yeah. It's, it's just like, it doesn't go in flow with the way I want to live my life. And besides the fact that I just, um, I, like I said earlier, like I think it just opened up the wor- a world to me, slowed things down and allowed me to see life differently. And um, it's pretty eye-opening, as I'm sure I know you two can relate. Like, it's eye-opening to see how pervasive alcohol is in this world
0: Mm -hmm.
2: and how much you are seen as an outsider when you don't partake.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, those are some huge topics to bring up. And, uh, you know, I think what sticks out for me is, like, you saying – you know, you weren't drinking and then wanting to be there for your sister, you said, right? It was your sister. Yeah. And so yeah. it's like the this huge moment for you to, like, be present and be supportive and be at your best, kind of, right, is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Like, how can I be the most supportive and be the most present for my sister? Because this is just, like, such a huge event. And it's like, wow, what if, like, we could be that way for our whole life, you know? And, and I love that you said that. I've had plenty of experiences, too, where I just you, you got to be sober to to be at the your best, you know, and then I kind of got addicted to that where I'm my best when I'm sober. I'm clear headed. I'm present. That's when I'm at my best and I always want to be at my best. But like yeah. you said, some people don't know that you you your best is without the alcohol yeah. for the most part. You know, some people think it's the opposite. The alcohol is, is what does, what is my best, you know? I, I can be more social and I can be more comfortable and I can have more fun with the alcohol. And unlearning that you don't need anything to be you is is about as good as it can get, you know? And so that's kind of But it's very
2: uncomfortable s- for a lot of people, right? Like it's oh, a yeah. very, and you know, I, I could only imagine what that environment would have looked like. With alcohol, peppered up in, with without alcohol there, and the vulnerability,
0: the healing that, people, that could take place immediately,
2: like, you know, it, but it's it takes strength because you have to stop and you have to like let the the pain seep in because mm-hmm. that's ultimately right. You're numbing it because I can't deal with the pain of this, but um, like I just oftentimes think like, what if we just said like. Thank you, but no, thank you. You can leave that, you know, leave that in your car. Yeah, like thank you, but no, thank you. We're not going to drink. We're just going to actually sit in this grief, sit in this really, really uncomfortable place, and and feel the feelings. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's not the the world. So much of the world's not ready for that, and no. it's um, I'll tell you like what's been the most eye opening the, the past like almost two years is that people are just. They, they're like they can't wrap their head around sobriety. Like they just can't wrap their head around you choosing not to drink. Like, uh, you know, to this day, people are like, oh, you're still doing that. <laughs> like, what? like, what do you mean I'm still doing what? Like, like, oh, you must be training for an Ironman. Yeah, they're yeah, always like, you gotta have a to reason to, to not today.
0: drink, huh? Like,
2: yeah, you've gotta have a reason, right? Like, yeah. that uh, makes sense to them. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, yeah. right? Like, and so it's it's comical, right? Now, after all this time, and I love getting into this conversation because I'm like, listen, and you know, when you go out with people and they're like, well, do you mind if I drink? I'm like, I don't give a shit about what you do. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just concerned about me. Yeah. Like, you do you. I'm going to have another glass of wine. Is that cool? I'm like, I don't, I literally don't care. But, you know, it's it's interesting. It's a real mirror and a real reflection of themselves, as you all know. Yep. And so I think that people are comfortable with that. And I think that my only ask is like, just evaluate your relationship with alcohol, just evaluate. See what, what is that relationship? Is it serving you? It's like any other relationship in life. Mm -hmm. Is it serving you? And if you think it is, that's you. But you know, I, I can tell you that although I was not a heavy drinker by any stretch, I am 10 times healthier, 10 times clearer, 10 times more aware, 10 times more patient with my children. Um, like, you know, and it's the, the exact opposite of what people drink. Like, oh, I take the edge off. I'm like, no, no, I was more of an asshole to my kids with a, a glass of wine in my hand. I wasn't calmer or or more patient, but it's, you know, of course, all the, the misconceptions that people have and that we know
0: are not actual truths. Yeah, no, that's, I love these conversations, you know? I love it because it's like, You know, even even this uh, life that you had where you weren't an alcoholic, you still see the negatives. And I'm, I'm sure anyone that's drank alcohol before, it's not there's negatives for sure. We just want to avoid avoid them because it brings us comfort, you know, and like you said, with imagine sitting with all that grief. Imagine processing everything that's happening right then and there and me being sober for so long, anything that happens in my life unfortunately and fortunately i have to deal with it right away like i don't get to check out i don't get to miss it and i i choose not to and it hurts more in the initially but it goes away so much faster you know it's such a it's such an interesting topic and i'm I'm glad that we're talking about it and i think it's so cool that you don't drink like i think that's badass
2: (laughs) i mean i think that it's Again, I, I, I encourage anybody, like even the dry January, I'm like, just do it. Like, see what feels like, see what it does. And But it's so interesting how quickly people are like, go right back. Like, I can't wait until February 1st. I'm like, or, you know, people reward always Reward myself. Like, <laughs> yeah, reward myself, right? And I'm like, what about all the good good that you just got out of yeah. that? But people will oftentimes say like, you just quit? Like, you you don't crave it? And I'm like, no. Like, I, I don't, I, like- be personally, I recognize that that people do have cravings. I'm not um, dismissing that. For personally, for me, it was just like a choice. Like I right. was just like I'm choosing not to do it. I also choose to not, you know, eat a Big Mac every night. Yeah. I also choose you know, like there. It's a choice, mm-hmm. and so I, it's a choice for me to live my life healthier and. Um, I, I would talk about it with anybody and I don't want to be that person, but I sort of want to be where like, if someone's a glass of wine, I really want to be like, is that serving you? I don't do that, but I really want to be that person. Cause I want to, I want to convert everybody. Cause I'm like, we could d- dive in and like literally workshop every idea and go deep and like feel the feels. Yeah. Um, but people are like, no, thank you. Um, I'll have a Chardonnay. And I'll feel the feels that way, so yeah,
0: I'm like, right. that's how I do it. Well, hey, it's a it's a it's kind of like you said with the network of women. like you you want to push back on kind of the things that are a little bit out of the norm. And to us, the idea that these are out of the norm is kind of bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> like right we should push back <laughs> on alcohol and and we should push back on is happiness a real thing like these are this is important shit you know like why are we the outcasts for uh talking about it you know or saying like hey alcohol is kind of poison you know like that's what it is it's poison like why are you putting poison in your body you know but we're the weirdos you know yeah. Well, the
2: more people talk about it and normalize that, right? Like, thankfully, you all are doing this beautiful podcast and talking about it and doing the work that you're doing. Like, we just need more people that are normalizing a sober lifestyle yeah. and recognizing that, like, you know, when, when you say you're not drinking, there are three things people think. You're either, as a woman, you're either pregnant, you're either sick, or you're an alcoholic.
0: Yeah, there's Those no are the good option. That,
3: <laughs>
2: Yeah, there's what? Yeah, there's, yeah there's no good. Maybe I guess if you're pregnant, depending upon if that's figured out. I get, yeah. I didn't mean that. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. That's yeah. kind of dumb. But yeah. It's like there's
2: no, there's there's no like choice of just like I'm not. I, no, it's just not. I'm not interested. And so if we can continue to normalize that, and um and and encourage people, and I think it's like you know, just a lack of. I think a lack of exposure. I mean, yeah. like even so many sober people. There's so many sober millionaires and billionaires in this country and celebrities and like, but people don't necessarily share that. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't, you don't kind of need to look a little bit. And so I feel like if there was more folks talking about it and we're doing this today, talking about this and normalizing it, my hope is that like people don't have to feel that you have to be an alcoholic per se to, to, to stop drinking. Um, you could be a person that is just not benefiting your life and opting not to drink. And not feeling any shame or judgment associated with that.
1: Well, and I think that's where it really takes like being comfortable and being brave because... I think a lot of people who do admit it, it's like, no, I can't do that. And it's like, well, you could, but you're choosing not to. And that's empowering. And so reframing it in a way that makes it um, seem like a good thing, not a bad thing. Like, I, I can't do it because, I, I, you know, my life will be ruined if I do that. More like, I'm choosing not to do this because my life is better without it. And And I think that's a lot of owning it and being comfortable and being willing to stand up to the social norms and 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 being contrary to that and that you know requires like you said the uncomfortableness and being willing to be uncomfortable and not just going with the status quo because that's easier
2: yeah language is so important i agree with you it's not i can't, I can't. like yeah like you said you you actually can like no thanks like i'm not i'm not interested and i actually Get off saying I don't drink. Like I actually like it. Yeah, it
3: feels but good.
2: I love to see people's reaction actually, um, because it's kind of fun. Yeah. And especially if I'm out, like the work that I do, and and I work in recruiting as well, and I'm oftentimes out with senior level people and decision makers, and you know, I think that there's also just a status status thing of like you know, drinking and bourbon and wine and and all this stuff. And so, you know, when you opt not to engage in that, you know, it's, it's another level of like, what? Like, you know, you're not engaging in that and you're like, no, no, actually I'm good. Um, and I think that there's so many beautiful options. Like now there's like so many great non-alcoholic options on the market Mm -hmm. that Berkeley, I've not been there though, like the O'Doul's know, of the world, like they up leveled that shit yeah. up. Like uh, my duels
3: husband is, <laughs> I,
2: it, oh, duels is 86. My husband is like all up in the, all the non-alcoholic um, beer and he's loving it. And he's like a, he's like a beer connoisseur. And I love the fact that like, there's great wine now and great beer and great like spirits, seed lip and all this stuff And I'm like, Yes, like, okay, a little late to the game, but like, we're getting there. So I feel like all of those things are little steps for us. And um, my hope is that like, we just all continue to shout from the rooftops, like you have a choice and just asking yourself, like, is this bettering me? Is my life, you know, better with this in it? And if it's no, then like make the choice and don't feel any other uh, shame or judgment attached to it. Like just feel good and empowered, like Angie was saying to make the choice and stand proud with that decision.
0: Yeah. So how many people, Sarah, are in the the network of women? What? How how big is it? Just to kind of get an idea.
2: Yeah. So we're about 100 global members. Nice. Um, I, I also so the the network of women has been a bit of a side hustle, if you will. I've been in the recruiting space for 18 years. Mm. And so I've been recruiting as sort of my uh, full time job today. Yeah, Yeah. That may change. Uh, that may be different um, in the future, but right now that's my full-time job. And so, um, the network of women is a passion that will has really just grown organically, and and I'm proud of the growth because we haven't done marketing, we haven't like sought out new members. It's just been like word of mouth and and people sharing with others and by uh, our growth. And so that's been really exciting, but. We really want to continue to scale, but I do love staying a little bit more intimate uh, because of the nature of our conversations. And oftentimes people will say, you know, I was inclined to speak because it was a smaller group. If there were more people there, I probably wouldn't have felt as comfortable speaking. And so I see a great benefit to still staying a little bit um, small, but, you know, certainly we want to grow. But I, I struggle with growth scaling it and, and keeping it small so um but yeah we're we're members globally we have a big presence in New York just by nature of where I am yeah but we have members all across the, the US and in London and Canada or in Europe rather and in Canada so
0: no that's awesome yeah it's definitely a, a difficult thing when something gets too big it starts to it could become telephoned you know or lose kind of the intimacy and like I could see that being difficult of wanting it to reach more people, but the more that it reaches, maybe is it stray away from what it's supposed to be. You can't really, you can't have your hands on it as much if it's, yeah. there's a the ten thousand people. You know, yeah. then you gotta delegate to somebody else that holds the same vision as you, and I could see that. Yeah, being scaling
3: hard.
2: Scaling is hard for any business, I think. It's always like a, a a tough decision and you don't want to lose the integrity of the organization or the company. But um, but yeah, so it's been it's been an exciting ride and I'm excited to see where the next four years takes us.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's super exciting. I, I love that you're doing something like that. Is I wonder if there's like a, is there like a mark or a patch or like a way of knowing? Have you ever bumped into somebody from like your network? In public, and like you just knew that they were part of the network. Did they have anything like that ever happened to you? Oh,
2: we have these cool canvas bags. I don't have one within reach, but we have these cool uh, canvas bags that all of our members get that that are sent out to all of our members. And uh-huh. so I've seen women in Manhattan that um, and it's because we're it. so small, I know all the members. and so because you know we have that 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 beauty to still know everybody. Um, but I have seen women with the bag that I'm like, it'll be a new member and I might not know them well. And I'm like, Oh wow. Like it's kind of cool to see your company walking down the street of Manhattan, you know, one of the biggest markets in the world. And you're like, yeah, that's cool.
0: That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So where do you see kind of like the future of this going and, you know, is there any way Angie and I can like support it? You know, like what, uh, where do you see you guys? Where do you want to be, you know?
3: Thank
2: you. Thanks for asking that. You know, I think that we want to continue to grow our membership for sure. I think that we could see, you know, a beautiful growth in that capacity. We just started doing retreats last last year in person, which is great. And I I think it's a really beautiful opportunity to continue to expand and, and get together and have some real dedicated time of getting into these conversations. And so those have been really successful. So we'd love to do more of those. And um, yeah. You know, if we offer courses as well and workshops. So I feel it's like more of just continuing to expand in those areas, but I feel like membership, like you said earlier, like I, I wanna hit as many women. I, I just think that women need this mm-hmm. and there's uh, there's not enough spaces in this world where we can just show up as we are no, and no. with without any explanation um, and feel safe. And when you have a group of women and someone shares something, and you see other women's shoulders drop and they take a breath and a beautiful sigh of relief that they're not alone. That's the most powerful thing in the world. And that's what happens week after week. Women come together and women are vulnerable and they share. And it's not always like deep conversations. Yeah. We have book clubs, we have fun like you know, conversations about um, lots of things, it's not always deep. But you know, even like we had a, an event this week about CBD And the healing, um, the healing benefits of CBD, because one of our members is involved, is in that space. And it was so cool to see women talk about it. And and like, this is my fear about it. Or this is like my judgment or my stereotype. Other women being like, yeah, I kind of feel like that too. And so it's nice to just see women again, just not feel so alone. Because I think, especially in light of COVID, we have been isolated Mm -hmm. um, and we have been alone and it's, Not a good thing. We are, we are humans. We are, we are wired to connect and we are wired to be with others virtually or in person. And when you don't have that, it's just not good. It's not good for your mental health. It's not good for your physical health. It's not good for anything. And so, um, if we can continue to support women and empower women to show up as themselves and feel good about that, then we're doing our job. So we just want to do more of it really.
0: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> yeah, it's interesting because as you're saying this, I'm thinking about we we will have up at a, the center maybe a couple times a month. We call them gender specific groups, and it's like the men, all the men, and it's ran by a, a male counselor, and then we'll have the women's in their own group. And in both areas, there's more. Uh, willingness to communicate and be vulnerable because, you know, so much of maybe our issues are surrounding the other sex. So it's interesting Mm -hmm. because we see so much benefit by just allowing and creating that safe space for people to open up and realize that there is so many more similarities than there are differences and giving them that that arena to have those conversations without feeling judged. So I can definitely see the benefit of this for sure.
2: Yeah, the similarities, I mean, it's, we are so much more similar than we are, um, different. And I think that when you learn someone's story or when someone gives any type of share, um, that's where empathy really starts, right? Like it's when someone shares that you can really understand someone else's challenges and where empathy is really born. Um, but when you surround yourself and, and unfortunately this is what happens in life because, we are, we curate our life, right? We curate our social feed. We curate our, uh, um, our social lives. We curate everything. And so what you have typically, most people have bobbleheads of themselves because they tend to surround themselves with like-minded people, yep. which makes sense, right? Like I get it, but like, where does real growth happens with like different perspectives? different views, different experiences. And so what I really, what we pride ourselves in is the diversity of the community of women from different socioeconomic backgrounds, different from women with different experiences, women um, from different cultures and religions. And so bringing all those folks together and people allowing people to share their story, again, like it just brings a certain level of growth within yourself that you wouldn't have had Had you had that curated bobblehead group around you. And so, you know, we always work to continue to diversify um, and continue to get as many, as much representation as possible, because it's so important. And um, again, regardless of if we have a different socioeconomic background than another, there's going to be a ton of similarities between you, regardless. And so bringing everybody together is, it's, so valuable and just these beautiful relationships like what do you see happen relationships forms business deals close re- recommendations happens referrals happens mentorships happen like all this unbelievable things are bloom when you bring people together in a real safe space where there isn't an expectation that you have to deliver something or be someone um and so that's why i that i think that that's what makes us so special and i think people say oftentimes like what makes you so special i think it's that i think it's that space um where women that women feel really safe and seen and heard and, and not judged
0: yeah well kudos to you sarah for being able to create that and notice that that's what you needed for yourself you know like what a great gift mm-hmm. to share mm-hmm. not you know just being able to provide that for other people and more people could provide that and recognize that's what's needed i think the world would be a better place safer place and it might be more fun
2: <laughs> i i totally agree and and to be told like the real gift is what the community gives me like right, yes right. i kind of create create this opportunity for the magic to happen but unless you've got women that are willing to step into the ring and allow that magic to unfold nothing's going to happen. So, you know, the real gift is what they give to me and how they show up week after week, like without judgment and open to conversation and leaning into things that might be uncomfortable. Um, but knowing that if I leaned in, lean into it, the expansion that can happen within me and the benefit it can have on my life, it's worth a little bit of discomfort.
0: Oh yeah. Well, I guess that's a beautiful segue into kind of where could the audience find the network of women, where could people follow you and, and, and get involved if they're interested or wanted to, where would they go to do that?
2: Thanks. Well, they can find us on social on Instagram at the now NYC is our handle. Gotcha. And similarly, you can find us on our website, which is thenownyc.com. Um, those are the two best places to find us. And our website gives a glimpse into sort of some of our programming. We yeah. don't have all of our programs programming on the external site, but at least gives folks an opportunity to explore. We open up our membership once a quarter, nice. um, that way to allow for a nice smooth onboarding of our new members. So we open up um, the 5th of uh, the the month, January April, July, the, the first of the quarter. Um, and, yeah, people can follow us and reach out if you have questions. We'd love to to meet and learn more about you and, and the magic that you're putting out into the world and seeing how we can support one another. Like, that's what we're all about here.
0: Yeah, well, we will drive some traffic your way because that is a mission that we are behind mm-hmm. 100%.
2: I love it. Thank you so much. I so appreciate speaking with you both and you having me here today. It's been a real pleasure speaking with you.
1: Yeah, we and we appreciate having you on and spreading the word. I mean, you know, we're all here to help. So I think, you know, that we always have a camaraderie with the people that we bring on because we all have sort of that mission to Mm -hmm. not just help ourselves, but help others, which in turn helps ourselves. And I really sense that about you. And I really appreciate you. So thank you.
2: Yeah. I love the boomerang. It's like putting it out, you know, you don't put it out with the intention of it coming back to you, but it always does. And so, you know, leading, leading with that contribution and and seeing what you can contribute to another person's life is, it's a beautiful thing. So I love the work that you're doing and so many people are benefiting from it. So. Thank you so much.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, of course. This has been awesome, Sarah. And I'm uh, looking forward to following the network of women, even though I am not one. I will be uh, applauding you guys from the
3: sidelines.
2: (laughs) Totally allowed. We love men, in fact. So you're very much welcome to join in on the conversation and follow us.
0: Yeah, well, I most certainly will. That's awesome. Yeah, and thank you for your time, Sarah. This has been been kick-ass. I appreciate it
2: thank you too very much have a great rest of your day we will you You
0: do the same thank you all right sarah take care my friend all right guys that's our show for today we hope you found some value from listening and if you did please share with someone you know or love you can find us on social media we are at elevate addiction services
1: and if you or a loved one are struggling with addiction please call our toll-free confidential 24-hour helpline at 833 sober or visit our website at elevaterehab.org.